Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello, hello, and welcome to the dueling club. I'm Jen. And I'm Al. And you're not allowed to put on videos that are going to make me cry. Oh. You know I have, I have sinus issues, so the second I start crying, my sinuses get all wonky, and I get all snotty, and then I can't breathe for a while. Oh. He wanted to show me a video that he's like, oh, you're going to love, because what was the way that you said it to me? You like corny and cheesy things. Instead of saying, you like things that are a little bit more on, on the sentimental side or or that are a little bit more endearing heartfelt. and heartfelt. No, Which is what he then says, I corrected it to. Which is what he corrected it to after I was annoyed at him. Yes, and it was like, I like to mess with you, but obviously. Why is it that all of the men in my life like to mess with me? You, dad, and the fiancé. All of all of you. You're stuck with us. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Oops. And I picked one of you. So that was on me. Yeah, you know, it happens. <laughs> oh. So anyway, um How are you? Good. And if you're curious as the video I showed her, it was the a cinematic for the new Overwatch hero called Kiriko. She's like a fox spirit healer teleporty kunai wreath thing. Yes, that is what it was. Um, it was good. It was, you know, whatever. We're not going to go there. <laughs> because I've managed to not have my sinuses closed even though I teared up. So go me. <laughs> anyway um, what else so by the time you guys hear this I will have moved into my house like full on moved that's crazy and then the following weekend after that is our nephew's birthday oh goodness yep it's coming he's, he's old he's not old he's gonna be eight that's yeah, not but, old. But he's like, actually, he's actually having conversations with me now. Yeah. Where before, I remember when he was a little living, like a little potato. Yeah. Earlier, we just had a thing where he was annoyed with me because I made him go back to his house and put on socks. And He, he lives literally next door. Like, yeah. Door to door is like 20 feet, maybe. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, like pretty much. Like, you made him go I didn't, and drive. Yeah, no, no, no. I didn't make him walk down the street, around the corner. You know, no. None of that happened. It was 20 steps. 25, max. Because he came over here without any socks on, with no sweater on, nothing. Barefoot in a t-shirt and undies, basically. Yeah. And then he went back over to his house, took a shower, and then came over with a wet head of hair, no socks, still with a short sleeve t-shirt. But at least you, he had pants. Mind you, it's October. Yeah. And it's like 50 degrees right now. 50 degrees Fahrenheit. I have to, you know. Mm-hmm. So, he got annoyed with me. Mm-hmm. 
And he went over and did it anyway, though. And when he came back, I had to have the conversation like, hey, you need to, when you take a shower, you can't leave the house with wet hair. You're likely to get sick. You should also wear socks if you're going to go outside and it's cold out because it's chilly. Do you want to get sick? No. Okay, then what should you do? I should put on a, on a sweater or a jacket and maybe a hat because my hair is wet and definitely socks. I'm like, okay. I'm not saying these things to be mean. I'm not saying them to be rude. I'm saying them because I don't want you to get sick. And he's like, okay, I understand. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's going to remember every single time. Oh, no, he's 100% going to ignore you. Yeah. But at some point, it might stick. Yes. Because it's not about, you need to listen to me now and do what I say because I said it. It's, these things I say to you are for a reason, and here's the reason. Like, you're going to learn today. In not a bad way, you know. Today. Yes. And like I said, I'm moving into my house very shortly. Magic. I know. I'm excited. I'm going to be a grown-up. A grown, grown-up. You've been a grown-up for a while now, for me. But I mean like a grown, grown-up. For centuries. Not for centuries. Get out of here with that mess. For centuries. Get centuries. Um... But yeah, that's that's what's going to happen and we're going to get everything, you know, furnitured, furnished, that's the word. <laughs> wow. Listen, I'm tired. I don't sleep very well during the week a lot, but I try and I could not sleep last night. It was yeah. so bad. Last night I slept, which is why this morning I came later than I was supposed to. Because when we finally went to sleep, I slept a good eight hours. So, I, I got to sleep late. I, well, the time that I got into bed was late. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to do... I'm just going to sleep one sleep cycle. And I'm going to nap in the middle of the day. And I'm going to get until to like midnight and then sleep a whole eight hours, right? So, I'm in bed. And I cannot sleep. And I'm like, why can't I sleep? Well, I have a fan blowing kind of close to my face. Okay. Lower it. Lower it. Lower it. Okay, not enough. Turn it off. Still tossing and turning. Okay, so it's not the fan. Turn the fan back on. Still can't sleep, though. What is it? Oh, there's a buzzing in my ears. What is this buzzing in my ear? Turn off my, my light and my overhead fan. And that kind of helped, but it, the sound was still there. Uh-huh. Until I passed out from actual exhaustion, and the next thing I know, it felt like it was like a like a, like a like a cut. It was everything is dark, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't sleep. To my room is bright, and my nephew's handing me a cinnabon, <laughs> and I'm like, what? How did the hello time skip? Yes. Well, that's kind of how I felt last night. It was late when we finally, when I finally got to bed and I was trying to go to sleep 
And for me, it's super simple. I tend to close my eyes and I'm done. You know, like at that point when I'm already in bed, I'm done. But last night, it took me a couple minutes longer than usual. And I fell asleep. And the next thing I know, it's six o'clock in the morning and I have to get up to go to the bathroom. So then I went to the bathroom and then I climbed back into bed and immediately fell back asleep. Nice. And the next thing I know, it is nine o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, oh, I should get up now. Yeah. So, but that's, that's really what it is for me on the weekends. That's pretty much the only time I get to sleep in. And even then, most of the time I don't. So I tend to take naps. It's beautiful. Naps are glorious. They really are. For people who can nap. For some people who can't, then they kind of elude you. Anyway, so I'm excited to be moving into my house. And our friend just bought a house, and she moved into her house this week. You mentioned both things a lot. I know, because it's the thing that's most prevalent on my mind right now. Okay. Our dad is coming to visit at the end of the month. Yep. For, for little booger's birthday. Mm-hmm. And he's not a booger. I don't know why booger came out, but that's what I called him. It's okay. He's a little rat boy. He's <laughs> not a rat. Little rat. Anyway. So, let's get to to Harry Potter stuff. Oh, I've been playing the Hogwarts Mysteries a lot. Okay. A lot. I'm a uh, level 20. And I'm in my third year, and I'm already friends with Bill and a whole bunch of other people. Like, I'm friends with a werewolf. I'm friends with someone who we think is, like, half vampire. Um, I'm friends with, obviously, Hagrid. Sir Nicholas loves me, mm. even though he's not even my house ghost. But my house ghost, uh, the gray lady. Mm-hmm. She's told him wonderful things about me, apparently, because that's what he said to me a few times. The Fat Friar also loves me. I'm on the Quidditch team, the house Quidditch team. I started off as a chaser, and now I'm a beater. Yeah. Well, our beater left the team because she had stopped going to classes and they kicked her off the team. My goodness. Not her. Not even her. Um, Madam Hooch was like, excuse me, what you doing? And she's like, uh-oh. And then we found out that the reason she was taken off the team was because she wasn't going to classes. Yeah. Oh, and I'm a level four zoologist. Nice. And I have um, a Niffler, a Porlock... Um, a fairy, um, a bow truckle, a hippogriff, and an abraxan. What don't you have? How can you fit all that in the dorm room? Hello? No, they live outside. Oh, and I have a cat. But she lives with me. Mm-hmm. And her name is Mules. I didn't name her. Mules. 
I didn't even remember. Oh, and did I tell you that I'm an animagus, animagus, and a, and a what is? That's a me. Nice. I'm unregistered, though. How dare you? And I turned into a cat. You lawbreaker. <laughs> you rebel. Well, I'm also trying to find the cursed vaults. And, and my brother, Jacob Odrazola, apparently... Well, you guys know what our last names are. It doesn't matter. Um, Jacob, he went in search of the vaults and apparently went crazy and has disappeared. So I'm searching for him. Jacob, Al, whatever. Yeah, something. Something like that. But anyway, that's my, my little Harry Potter stuff at the moment, you know? Well, I wonder... The episodes when the game comes up on the podcast are going to be sick. Yes. Yeah, I, uh, I decided to tame a horde of freaking Welsh, Welsh common blue dragons. Oh, I can get a dragon soon. Okay. I'm going to have a lot of them, though. I know, but I'm saying in the game that yeah. I'm playing right now. In the game that Not I'm that game. In a couple months, but yeah. Dragons. Oh, yeah. That's fine. So, I should hope so, considering that I'm playing a game, a mobile app game. Even when you play the normal game, my dragons are going to yours. Whatever. Now you're just being a, a pain. I'm going to min max my dragons. So, I want to be the dragon prince of Ireland. Watch. What, what we're going to do now is mm-hmm. go over the next chapter of the, the book. We're in season six. Episode four? No. Yeah. Was an extra one. Oh, we'll yeah, but that's a bonus episode. Yeah. yeah. Season six, episode four, chapter four of Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. So, chapter four is called Horace Slughorn. But before we go there, just gonna do a quick recap. Um, Dumbledore picked up Harry. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And told the Dursleys off. Mm hmm. And, and then that, that's, that's it. Thing. That's it. That that was it. Mm-hmm. The super super quick recap. See see how good that is. How that feels. <laughs> well, I always like to give a little bit more detail mm-hmm. just in case. But it's like the Dursley was were themselves. They were rude. Uh, they were surprised to hear that. What's his name? Sirius Black was dead insensitive but surprised and that he left Harry you know money in a house mm-hmm. and creatures including Creature and Buckbeak aka Witherwings you had it so short and you added more I did I did it's my downfall it is your downfall so go after leaving the Dursleys Dumbledore asks Harry to keep his invisibility cloak with him which was the end of the chapter. Yes. But sends his trunk onto the burrow again. Um, as Harry clings to Dumbledore's arm, Dumbledore apparates them to a small village. Having never apparated before, Harry finds the sensation slightly disorienting. Yes. Dumbledore explains now that once again, Hogwarts is one instructor short, and Dumbledore has come to Budley... Is that Budley? I would say Budley. Budley Baberton. Where's the, where's the audiobook? <laughs> Um, so, so just to talk about the apparition, um, 
the way it's described is um, Harry felt Dumbledore's arm twist away from him and redoubled his grip. The next thing he knew, everything went black. He was being pressed very hard from all directions. He could not breathe. There were iron bands tightening around his chest. His eyeballs were being forced back into his head. His eardrums were being pushed deeper into his skull. And then he gulped great lungfuls of cold night air and opened his streaming eyes. He felt as though he had just been forced through a very tight rubber tube. That doesn't feel comfortable. That doesn't sound like it feels comfortable at all. No. I don't think I'd ever want to apparate again. Nope. Brooms. Thank you. Always brooms. Because um, even the flu network sounds like it would be not fun. Well, as long as you don't breathe in the ash, I think it'll be fine. And clearly state where you want to go. Yes. As opposed to saying diagonally. They arrive at a wrecked house, finding what appears to be destruction and blood-splattered walls within. Uh, after examining the wreckage, Dumbledore pokes an armchair with his wand. The armchair grunts and transforms into Horace Slughorn, Dumbledore's old colleague and former Hogwarts professor. Slughorn created the false destruction to convince intruders that Death Eaters had killed him. However, Dumbledore knew the, the attack was staged because there was no dark mark looming over the building. So before we get there, mm-hmm. let's talk about the conversation that Harry and Dumbledore have as they're walking around and looking for this place. So Dumbledore asks Harry if he's all right, and Harry says he's fine. Um, he he thinks he prefers brooms, um, just like I said. And then Dumbledore is like, come this way. And Dumbledore asks Harry about his scar. Has it been hurting? And what does um, what does Harry say? He says, no, it hasn't, which to me is surprising because I thought it would burn all the time now, considering that Voldemort's getting so powerful again. And Dumbledore says, I, on the other hand, thought otherwise, because Voldemort's finally realized the dangerous access to his thoughts that you were that you had been enjoying. It appears that he is now employing occlumency against you. And Harry's like, well, I'm not complaining, because we remember what it was like in the last book. That was just terrible, you know? And then... That's when he finds out that they're in Bud- Budley Babberton. Mm-hmm. And if we're saying that incorrectly, we apologize. We're just reading it. We don't know. We're not from that area. We don't know how to say it correctly. We're fools. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, and he's like, well, why couldn't we just apparate directly into your old colleague's house? And Dumbledore was like, well, that's rude. We can't do that. You can't just apparate into somebody's house that's like kicking down the front door he actually says courtesy dictates that we offer fellow wizards the opportunity of denying us entry and then he says some places are magically protected from unwanted apparators like hogwarts and harry quickly says you can't apparate anywhere inside the buildings or grounds Hermione Granger has has told me. And <laughs> Dumbledore says, and she's quite right. 
So then they talk about he saw that in the Daily Prophet that Fudge had been sacked. And Dumbledore says, correct. And he's replaced with Rufus Scrimgeour, who used to be head of the R office. And Harry asks, do you think he's good? And Dumbledore says, that's an interesting question. He's able, certainly, a more decisive and forceful personality than Cornelius. To which Harry interrupts, yes, but I meant, I know what you meant. Rufus is a man of action and having fought dark wizards for most of his working life does not underestimate Lord Voldemort. So, I mean, that's as close as you can get to getting a a straight answer from Dumbledore, right? Yeah. Like, he's a decisive man and he's dealt with dark wizards so he knows what he's doing. Which is... I don't think something uncommon in this era because there are people who had to fight in the previous Wizarding War, but it's still good to have someone on board who's had that experience, like I think Dumbledore's thought of bringing Mad-Eye on. Yeah. Well, because he's had experience. Well, are you you watching um, the Game of Thrones House of... You already asked. I said no. Well, I'm asking you on here because I'm going to bring up a point. So in the first episode, and you guys, I will say spoiler, spoilers for that if you're watching it, whatever. In one of the scenes, one of the characters has to pick someone for the king's guard, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone around that person tries to make them pick someone for political reasons, like to further the agenda. And they're like they're like no I'm not going to do that I want to pick someone who's actually seen battle I mean that makes sense yeah but they the so bas- the person picking is a woman so basically everyone around them wants to try to get them to pick who they want and she's like no I'm going to pick the person who's most capable for the job So as it should be. Yeah. So I think that's the closest equivalence you can get to this. Like he may not be what somebody would consider a quote unquote good man, but like he's done the job before and he can at least do that. He's not going to go into something blindly. Whereas Fudge, it felt like Fudge had never seen a moment of combat in his life. And he was more of the the lifelong politician who doesn't know how to get their hands dirty. So because he doesn't know how to get their his hands dirty, he wasn't willing to take the mental leap that Voldemort was back. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like Al said, when they get there, it's a small, neat stone house set in its own garden... Um, but it looks like it's been, you know, really ransacked. So a grandfather clock lay splintered at their feet. They, they walk inside. Grandfather clock splintered at their feet. Face cracked. A piano on its side with its keys all over the floor. 
a fallen chandelier cushions deflated on the floor feathers oozing from the slashes fragments of glass and china laying everywhere um not pretty is it said dumbledore yes something horrible has happened here um maybe there was a fight and they dragged him off professor and harry's like um that's what harry says and dumbledore's like i don't think so and that's where we were at that Dumbledore knew that the attack was staged because there was no dark mark looming over the building right mm-hmm. uh, Dumbledore then helps they, 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 ha- they have a little talk because obviously I haven't yeah. seen each other in a long time but after their quick little talk um, Dumbledore helps Slughorn repair the house then attempts to persuade Slughorn to return to Hogwarts on um, to Hogwarts period yeah I love it Dumbledore got him to come out by poking him with his wand mm-hmm. and the overstuffed armchair, ye- armchair yelled ouch mm-hmm. <laughs> could you imagine walking into a room and poking an armchair and it's like ouch what was that just somebody hiding but yes I mean my someone sits on you weird anyway right um on Slughorn's refusal, Dumbledore excuses himself, leaving Harry and Slughorn alone together. Slughorn mentions that he taught Harry's father and mother. Lily was a favorite student, always top in Slughorn's class, and he believes she ought to have been sorted into his house. He was head of Slytherin. Um, observing Harry's reaction, he correctly guesses that Harry is a Gryffindor. Slughorn suggests his reluctance to take a post at Hogwarts is partly because it would be seen as declaring allegiance to the Order of the Phoenix. Harry reminds him that teachers are not required to join the Order and that Hogwarts is safe, as Dumbledore is only wizard Voldemort has ever feared. The only teacher who died there is Professor Quirrell. Slughorn remains reluctant to leave his comfortable retirement, though, as Dumbledore points out upon his return to the room, he has essentially been in hiding since Voldemort's return. Yeah, it says here, um, I imagine that they would want your, you to turn your considerable talents to coercion, torture, and murder. Are you really telling me that they haven't come recruiting yet? To which Slughorn says, I haven't given them the chance. I've been on the move for a year, never stay in one place more than a week. Move from Muggle House to Muggle House. The owners of this place are on holiday in the Canary Islands. It's been very pleasant. I'll be sorry to leave. It's quite easy once you know how. One simple freezing charm on these absurd burglar alarms they use instead of sneakoscopes and make sure the neighbors don't spot you bringing in the piano. Right? So he's just on the move because he doesn't want to be recruited or forced to do stuff for Lord Voldemort. I mean, it's one step into being forced to join into another step into being forced to do something that you would regret doing. Yeah. Well, and then then he says, and I'm going to tell you, I like my peaceful life. I don't want to work at that school. The Some funny re- rumors have reached me since Dolores Umbridge left. And Dumbledore's like, Professor Umbridge messed with the centaurs. You would have known better than to do that. Mm-hmm. 
And Slughorn is like, that's what she did? Idiotic woman. Never liked her. Harry chuckles and both (laughs) Dumbledore and Slughorn look over at her. Sorry, Harry said hastily. It's just, I didn't like her either. Um... So yeah, they ha- they keep having this conversation and like you said, he he talks about his mom. Slughorn talks about Harry's mom and she says, Chiming girl, I used to tell her she ought to have been in my house. Very cheeky answers I used to get back too. And that's when he says, which was your house. I was head of Slytherin. Oh, now... He went on quickly, seeing the expression on Harry's face and wagging a stubby finger at him. Don't go holding that against me. You'll be Gryffindor like her, I suppose. Yes, it usually goes in families. Not always, though. Ever heard of Sirius Black? You must have done. Been in the papers for the last couple of years. Died a few weeks ago. Oh, no. Al, he mentioned Sirius. Yeah, it's sort of like Harry's, like, not Harry doesn't want to talk about Sirius. Yeah, and it, it says very fresh and painful. Yes, it says it was as though an invisible hand had twisted Harry's intestines and held them tight. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. Yeah. So that that's when he's like the whole black family had been in my home, in my house rather, you know. Slytherin house but Sirius ended up in Gryffindor shame he was a talented boy I got his brother Regulus when he came along but I'd have liked the set what they're not a set they're people what the heck no they're a set well the next line says he sounded like an enthusiastic collector who had been outbid at an auction um To which he says, your mother was a muggle-born, of course. Couldn't believe it when I found out. Thought she must have been pure blood. She was so good. One of my best friends is muggle-born, said Harry. And she's the best in our year. Funny how that happens sometimes, isn't it, said Slughorn. And Harry very coldly says, not really. To which Slughorn looks down at him in surprise and says, you mustn't think I'm prejudiced. No, no. Haven't I just said your mother was one of my all-time favorite students? And there was Dirk Cresswell in the year after her, too. Now head of the Goblin Liaison Office, of course. Another muggle-born, a very gifted student, and still gives me excellent insight information uh, on the going-ons at Gringotts. All ex-students, all signed, looking at all of these gifts and photo frames on the dresser, you know, he... He talks about um, Barnabas Cuff, the editor of the Daily Prophet, who used to be one of his students, and Ambrosius Flume of Honeydukes, and Ciceron Harkis, who gave him his first job, and uh, Gwenog Jones, who's the captain of the Hollyhead Harpies, or Holyhead Harpies, because there's only one L. It's Holly, yeah. No, no, it's holy, holy. Yeah, it's holy. There's only, there's only one L. Holly would be two L's. Yeah, but I think that the audiobook calls them the Holly and Arby. No, I don't know. Not to check. Uh, yes, I'm curious. It also helped with uh, Budley Babington. Yeah. So, 
Remember where he said he's been on the run for over a year now and he doesn't stay in one place for more than a week? Yeah, you feel very... Uh, I... So remember when he said, I've been on the run, I've been, I haven't really been anywhere for more than a week, and I've been on the run for a year. He's name dropping all these people and saying how they can always find him. To which Harry asks, and all these people know where to find you to send you stuff? Um, Insinuating. How do they know where to find you if you've been moving around every week? Well, Well, no, not anymore since I've been on the run before. Yeah. Well, if you're at Hogwarts, then you don't have to run, and you can take advantage of the connections you've made and get free stuff and talk to old friends, quote unquote. That's what we're gonna call them. Yes. Um, and and he's like a prudent wizard keeps his head down in such times, which makes sense, right? Like, you would want to not make waves. Yeah, but the thing is, is that, like, he's not, he's not living the way he wants to live. He's living safely, but he likes to make those connections and to use his connections. Yeah. So, Slughorn throws this whole, I'm not going to be part of the Order of the Phoenix. Like, that's crazy. And Harry's like, you don't have to join the Order to teach at Hogwarts. Most of the teachers aren't in it, and none of them have ever been killed. Well, unless you count Quirrell, and he got what he deserved seeing as he was working with Voldemort. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not even working with Voldemort. He He was. Kind of. Yeah. And he was like, I, I thought, I thought I would be able to say, well, Harry actually thinks... That Slughorn seems like one of the kind of wizards who would shudder at the name of Voldemort. And he's like, wasn't disappointed. That's exactly what happened. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, so far, the only ones we really know that don't shudder at the name are Dumbledore and McGonagall. Right? Yeah, but she's still reluctant to call him Voldemort. Yeah. I mean, he's scary. Yeah, and and Harry actually says, listen, you would be safe to be at the school. And what's his face? Slughorn says, yeah, I guess I guess that makes sense because he's he who must not be named has never sought a a sought a fight, sought out a fight with Dumbledore. And I suppose that since I haven't joined the Death Eaters, that he who must not be named can hardly count me as a friend. But, like, if I get closer to Albus, am I really going to be safer? Because poor Amelia Bones. Well, the thing is, is that no matter what, unless you declare allegiance to Voldemort, like, you're not going to be seen as an ally. You're going to be as someone to take advantage of in some way. Yeah. Whether it's an advantage for him to have you alive or otherwise. And, so, I mean, even if you join his side, he's still going to use you if he needs you, if he needs to. Yeah, and then discard you at the nearest the, the nearest convenience. Because wasn't it Peter, wasn't Scabbers, Peter Pettigrew, the one who found him and brought him back, gave him a hand, like cut off his hand. <laughs> I was going to say, gave him a hand? That sounds like a... 
Oh, yeah, he gave him $5. No. No, legit cut off his hand to bring him back, to bring back a body for him. And where have we seen Peter Pettigrew recently? In Spinner's End Mm -hmm. at Snape's house. Being Snape's servant. Yeah. As opposed to anything helpful. You would think the person who brought him back would have a little bit more of a of a special place, I guess. Especially after giving a hand. No, he served his purpose. Yeah, and and he's like, now you can go away. Thanks, bye. Mm-hmm. Um, so all this is happening. They're all trying to get him to, to work there. And then what happens? Dumbledore's like, mm, okay, we're going to go. Yep, I, I know Lost Cause when I've seen one. I think that, yep. that that's a movieism, but no, no, no. He says yes, indeed. I think I know a lost cost, a lost cause when I see one. Lost. Well, I'm sorry you don't want the job, Horace. Hogwarts would have been glad to see you come back. Our greatly increased security, notwithstanding, you will always be welcome to visit should you wish to. Yes. Well, very gracious, as I say. Goodbye then. And Harry's like, bye. And they're at the front door. When they hear a shout from behind them, all right, all right, I'll do it. Come on, you knew he was coming back. As soon as he knew that he could teach Harry Potter. Collect Harry Potter. Yes. Ah. Don't beat up your mic. I smacked it. Anyway. So, yep, he says, I'll do it. Oh, you will come out of retirement? Yes, yes. I must be mad, but yes. Wonderful. Then we'll see you on the 1st of September. Yes, I dare say you will. Um, I want to pay raise, Dumbledore. And Dumbledore chuckles. And um, Dumbledore, as they're leaving, he says, well done, Harry. And Harry's like, I didn't do anything. Oh, yes, you did. You showed Horace exactly how much he stands to gain by returning to Hogwarts. Did you like him? Eh. Can't tell that I did. He actually says, eh. And then Dumbledore says, Horace likes his comfort. He also likes the company of the famous, the successful, and the powerful. He enjoys the feeling that he influences these people. He has never wanted to occupy the throne himself. He prefers the back seat. More room to spread out, you see. He used to handpick favorites at Hogwarts, sometimes for their ambition or their brains, sometimes for their charm or their talent, and he had an uncanny knack for choosing those who would go on to become outstanding in their various fields. Horace formed a kind of club of his favorites with himself at the center, making introductions, forging useful contacts between members, and always reaping some kind of benefit in return. Whether a free box of his favorite crystallized pineapple, which is delicious, by the way, or the chance to recommend the next junior member of the Goblin Liaison Office. I tell you all this, Dumbledore continued, not to turn you against Horace, or as we must now call him Professor Slughorn, but to put you on your guard. He will ultimate he will undoubtedly try to collect you, Harry. There we go. He said it. 
He's going to try to collect Harry. Um, You would be the jewel of his collection, the boy who lived, or as they call you these days, the chosen one. (laughs) And then they walk a little bit more and he's like, come on, we got to go. And Dumbledore grabs his arm and they're transported to the burrow. Mm-hmm. Yay! Uh, and before departing, says he and Harry will be having private lessons during the year. Dumbledore also suggests that Harry share the Trelawney prophecy with Ron and, Ron and Hermione and request that Harry keep his invisi- invisibility cloak with him at all times for the following year. Yeah. So, and he's also like, hey... You're going to get your owl soon. Keep going. Everything's going to be fine. And just remember, I want you to have your invisibility cloak on you at all times from this moment onward. Even when you're in Hogwarts itself, just in case. Do you understand me? And Harry's like, yes. And he says, like you said, and lastly, while you stay here, the bro has been given the highest security the Ministry of Magic can provide. These measures have caused a certain amount of inconvenience to Arthur and Molly. All their post, for instance, is being searched at the Ministry before being sent on. They do not mind in the slightest, for their only concern is your safety. However, it would be poor repayment if you risk your neck while staying with them. I understand, said Harry quickly. Very well, then, said Dumbledore, pushing open the broom shed door and stepping out into the yard. I see a light in the kitchen. Let us not deprive Molly any longer of the chance to deplore how thin you are. True. Which she's done since book two, where she's like, you're so thin, eat some extra food. Here, have it. All the food. Wouldn't that be nice if you went to one of your friend's houses and their mom was like, here, have some food. Yeah. I mean, she she probably remembers or from book two again, like I mentioned in the previous episode, I think, where it was like they were starving him, mom. Like that's like a, yeah. that's like a common theme. That's why he's so like lanky and, and whatever, so skinny. They literally do not feed him. Yeah, and the times we have seen them feed him, they gave him half a can of cold soup, right? That had. Like, the gross little vegetables in it. That's what they gave him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And he didn't even eat the vegetables in it. He gave the vegetables to um, Hedwig. Hedwig. She had something, yeah. Yeah, because they wouldn't let Hedwig out either. So imagine, he was barely getting enough nutrition, if any. And what he did get, he was giving to Hedwig because he cared about Hedwig more than he cared about himself. Yeah. Stinky, stinky Dursleys. Ultra stinky. Muy yes. stinky. Super stinky. Okay. Well, and that's the end of the chapter. Harry is now at the burrow. And hopefully he's going to tell Ron and, and Hermione everything that's happened thus far as soon as he gets there. Yeah, I mean, he went on a like, legit adventure with Dumbledore. Yes, and he apparated for the first time. Well, it was, it was, you know, side apparition with someone who could do it. But still, he did it. 
And he realizes that he likes traveling by broom way better. Which I understand. Yeah. Nobody wants to feel like they're being squeezed through a very tight tube. Like, that doesn't sound fun. No. Okay. That's that. Well, that's that, everyone. We hope you have a great day, and thanks for listening. Yes. Bye. Bye. I'm going to sleep. I know you are.